For the last seven weeks, we've been challenged by the messages from the series on the Beatitudes, all about upside down living. How's your memory? Well, I actually started off the series talking about how blessed we are when we are poor in spirit. In other words, when we really recognize our need of God. And then Graham spoke to us about the blessing that comes when we mourn because we receive God's comfort. Ree then spoke about being humble, about how blessed we are if we are meek. In fact, it says we will inherit the earth. Now, meekness is not weakness. Rather, it is the strength of God demonstrated through us under his control. Then Steve spoke to us about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. When we do that, we are blessed. And Joel spoke to us that we will receive mercy, the blessing of mercy, when we are merciful. Then came Samuel, a great message on the need for us to surrender our hearts to God, to be pure in heart, to allow him to cleanse us and fill us. And then Jess last weekend spoke to us about the need not to take sides, but to respond to God in worship. And in that place, we will find peace and we will bring peace. And so that brings us to our eighth beatitude. And uh, today we're looking at the uh, eighth one, and I'm going to read it out to you. It says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I've got to admit that when I realized that I was rostered on to speak on this beatitude, I was not overly keen about it. In fact, I thought to myself, mm, since I organized the teaching team, perhaps we could just leave this one out and uh, we'll move on to the new series that's starting next week, actually start it today instead. I mean, who wants to talk to people about being persecuted? And even in this time particularly, well, not me. But this is the eighth beatitude and we need to finish out the series. And as much as I wanted to leave this one out today, I felt convicted that Jesus wanted to say something to us. He wanted to speak truth to us and help us to understand what he means by this. So let's pray and ask God to help us to understand his thinking on this so that we can embrace the blessing of the kingdom of heaven. Dear God, our Father, we thank you so much that you teach us um, how to live in the kingdom. And sometimes God is not easy and sometimes your teaching is not easy to understand. But this morning we ask that you will, your Holy Spirit will interpret your word to our hearts and we will really be able to embrace it and understand it so that we can go forward living in the kingdom blessed as you want us to. I pray for everybody right across this city, wherever people are listening, God, right now that it will be you speaking to people's hearts as we listen to your word this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the first thing to note is that there's a difference between suffering as a consequence of your sin and suffering as a consequence of your faith. Suffering as a consequence of your sin is actually deserved. It's a form of discipline. It's a result of a choice we make. But suffering as a result or as a consequence of our faith is not deserved. It does bring refining to us. And the choice we make is that we want to serve Christ above all else. When we suffer as a consequence of our faith, in this beatitude, Jesus tells us that we are blessed and rewarded. Firstly, blessed. There are two reasons that we are blessed when we are persecuted for righteousness sake. The first one is that it tells you who you are. 
When we suffer for Christ, it tells you that you're in Christ. That means that you're in his kingdom. We need to remember the second half of this beatitude promises the kingdom. It says if you're persecuted for the sake of the king, then the kingdom is yours because you are the child of the king. We can feel a great assurance when we know that the reason the world hates us is because it actually hates the king who has chosen us out of the world to live in his kingdom. So it does not only tell us who we are, it also tells us where we're going and of the reward that is there for us. Look at verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. Why would anyone rejoice and be glad when they are persecuted as Jesus suggests? Because if they are being persecuted because of their faith in him, it means their persecution is not the end. They have, we have, eternal hope. You know, if we truly understood what the reward of heaven is like, if we really could get a vision and a picture of this, then I think that we would think all the pain and suffering that we would experience is worth it. As Paul says to the Corinthians, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The fact is, if you stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted. Listen to 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That verse says everyone and will. But in heaven, Jesus stands ready to crown you with honour. And this is only possible because the King of heaven was willing to come into our world and suffer persecution. He put up with people despising him. He put up with people speaking ill of him falsely. He even endured the cross for the joy that was before him. And what was that joy? Namely that you and me and everyone who accepts Christ would become a part of his kingdom. That we would that he paid the penalty for our sin. He shed his blood so that we could be one with him. Now, the other point to note here that Jesus is talking about is not about being persecuted for our own sake, but being persecuted for righteousness sake. If you think about it, no one is really persecuted for being a good person. The world doesn't persecute good people. It persecutes righteous people. There are plenty of examples of good people who have made noble sacrifices given up good careers, maybe donated lots of money, or even even sacrificed their lives. And the world praises them as heroes. Good people are praised, not persecuted. But Jesus says it's not about being a good person, but about becoming a righteous person, a brand new you who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. You see, when you're born again into a new life in Christ... 
your new life is not about being good, but about imitating Christ. And that's when you can expect to be persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, this persecution for righteousness' sake started right back at the beginning. Adam and Eve had two children, Cain and Abel. Cain persecuted his own brother, even to the point that he killed him. Why? Well, it wasn't because a fight got out of control. Rather, the Bible tells us his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. So what is it about righteousness that evokes such a hostile reaction? Martin Lloyd-Jones have been so helpful in helping us to understand the difference. He writes, The good and noble are rarely persecuted because we all have the feeling that they are just like ourselves at our best. We think, I'm capable of that myself if I only put my mind to it. And we adore them because it is a way of paying a compliment to ourselves. But the righteous are persecuted because they are different. That was why the Pharisees and the scribes hated our Lord it was not because he was good, it was because he was different. There was something about him that condemned them. We must understand that Christianity always has and always will conflict with the world. You only have to read the scripture or open a history book to see conflicts surrounding Christianity. Christians are taught to live in the world but not to be a part of the world. And those who do not follow Jesus have a hard time understanding why his followers live such different lives. They do not understand why people put God first, because they put themselves first. They, they prioritise their desires. They prioritise money, popularity, self-focus over God. So they find it hard to understand why Christians would give 10% of their income to God rather than keeping it for themselves. They find it hard to understand why Christians would waste time reading the Bible and praying or by um, forgiving people rather than seeking revenge or why they would seek to serve rather than being served. Because people do not understand, it can lead to conflict. And while Jesus was on earth, he told his followers that they could be mistreated because of their belief in him. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Here, Peter explains that when we partner with Christ, it is a partnership that embraces all areas of his life, including his suffering. The Bible clearly expresses this. After Jesus died on the cross, his disciples went on to share their faith and as a result, they were persecuted. You can read about this in the book of Acts. And persecution isn't something that's only recorded in the Bible. As we look into the history books, we're left no doubt that this is true. You know, today, it's well documented, this is today in our times, more people die for their faith than in any other time in history. So we can see that this beatitude is still just as relevant today as when Jesus spoke it. The problem is that we are mostly shielded from the types of persecution happening to Christians around the world. We take for granted our freedom to attend church, 
well, not at the moment, but usually. Our freedom to worship, our freedom to read the word, to even own a Bible. Many people are unaware that there are still places in the world where being a Christian is incredibly risky. According to Open Doors World Watch List, it says Christians remain one of the most persecuted religious groups in the world. Christians throughout the world continue to risk imprisonment, loss of home and assets, torture and even death as a result of their faith. For those of us sheltered in Australia, it's hard to grasp that level of persecution. However, while our lives aren't being threatened, we should not be surprised if we are persecuted or if we suffer ill treatment or ridicule or exclusion if we are living according to God rather than the world. But you know, there's a way you can escape persecution. Don't live godly. Don't take a stand for Christ. Don't be distinctive and then you won't suffer persecution. Because persecution is the thermometer that registers your love and courage for the Lord Jesus Christ. The world will persecute you if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because this is kingdom living. Being pure in heart, being meek, merciful, peacemakers. So here's the challenge. Assess whether you are experiencing persecution or not. We all have to do this. If we aren't, then we have to ask ourselves, is it because we are fitting in too well with the world? If we are sometimes feeling excluded because we love Jesus or people say things about us and it hurts, then we can take heart Because if we are persecuted for righteousness sake, if we suffer for following Christ, we are blessed. Because in a small way, it enables us to appreciate what Jesus went through for us. It also helps us to know that we are remaining true to Christ's call on our lives. Otherwise, we wouldn't be persecuted. And if we are persecuted for righteousness sake, we have the blessing of the hope of heaven. So rejoice, the Passion Translation tells us to leap for joy, like someone who is ecstatic when they receive good news. Because we have received the good news, that despite being persecuted for righteousness sake, we have a great reward in heaven. Now that is blessing. Let us pray. Dear God our Father, we thank you so much because you love us. We thank you of what you were prepared to suffer, what you were prepared to go through so that we could have eternal life, so that we could enjoy and have the reward of heaven. We have hope, we have love, we have everything that we could possibly want in you. Forgive us for the times when we would compromise our stand for you. Help us to be bold and courageous to stand up for you so that people know who we are and who you are. We thank you, God, that we are a part of your kingdom when we accept you as Saviour and Lord. And I pray for anyone listening this morning, if they don't know that assurance, if they don't have that confidence that they are a part of the kingdom, that they would reach out to you and pray, asking you to forgive them for their sins and to accept you as their Saviour and Lord. And then we can continue to enjoy the incredible blessing of being a part of your kingdom. 
I thank you for your teaching on this, Lord. I thank you for helping us to understand this upside down living. Sometimes it doesn't make sense from a worldly point of view, but from your point of view, God, it makes great sense. And we want to live in the way that you want us to live. And we want to experience all the blessing that you have for us as we walk and follow you. So I pray for everyone listening, God. I pray your blessing over them. I pray that they will receive these messages that we have spoken over these last eight weeks. God, that that would bring life into their spirits and that they would love you more and follow you more nearly and stand up for you so that people in this world will know that where hope truly can be found. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.